AI products will face similar challenges other PLG products need to face, right? How do you um, connect the dots? How do you turn individual use case into a team use case? How do you then connect all the usage data, all the users to potentially make that enterprise sale? Should a startup wait until they have achieved PMF uh, to start thinking about PLG or implementing PLG within their product? PLG is not just kind of larger scale growth. It's almost like built in to the product, right? Built into the organizational structure and workflow a little bit. Let's say these startups have decided to go the PLG route. So what would you recommend as a good enough infrastructure for them to start thinking at this stage? The, the CEO, the founder, need to have some hypothesis and deep thinking in terms of what should be my primary growth motion. Is it sales or PLG? Hello, Thrivecast listeners. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Uh, I won't wish you a good night since uh, I hope that you're not listening to these podcasts at night or definitely not me late at night. Uh, our today's topic is PLG infrastructure for starting and scaling your SaaS product. Uh, this has been a consistent ask, you know, from many of you, especially early stage companies, uh, to help us deep dive into this topic. We have the queen of this particular space, Hila Q, with us. Uh, you know, Hila, while many of you might be familiar with Hila's background, here's a quick refresher. Hila started her career 17 to 18 years back. Uh, started in the market research at Procter & Gamble. She delved into marketing analytics. You know, she worked at stamps.com and, and Broadcom, and she honed her analytics skills at that, at that stages. Uh, she made her first mark into growth as a growth product manager with growthhackers.com. Since then, she's been, I, I'm, I always refer to her as the queen of growth. Some, some of you might call it as the VP of growth. Uh, so she's been the queen, queen of growth at Acons and GitLab. Hila is also an investor and advisor to over two dozen startups of all sizes. Uh, many of you have heard her on Reforge. So she's an executive in residence at Reforge, and she recently conducted the fall cohort on PLG. Fortunately, I was also happy to attend, and I'm grateful for the many things that Hila and her team share. With that in mind, Hila, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Guru. Okay, thank you so much. And how did I do on your introduction? Did I miss out on anything? No, that's awesome. Thank you for such a generous uh, introduction. Yeah, super. So, Hila, this you know today's topic is you know uh, is near and dear to so many new startups that are coming along. Uh, almost a year back, you have published a blog with Lenny on Lenny's newsletter on the five steps to starting your product-led growth journey. Yeah, uh, that was very, very popular at that time. I think this was in 20 uh, Jan of 2023, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it's early this year. Okay. And uh, fortunately, the Internet at that time logged two new keywords, PLG infrastructure. Nobody talked about it in that particular way and PLG stack. So when you search for PLG infrastructure, PLG stack, the first reference that you get is uh, Lenny's newsletter now, even now. Uh, so since then, a year has gone by. And we thought we should have a small refresher on that particular topic. Uh, now that, especially now, when more early stage startups are starting to begin their journey with PLG, uh, you know, very interestingly, uh, the market has changed quite a bit as well. There's less money in the market. Yeah. They're not able to spend as much on infrastructure and spending. So this today's topic is going to be 
very near and dear to all of them who have been on the journey of building PLG, and they're all also early stage. So with that in mind, uh, Hila, you have been talking to many startups. You're advising many of them. What are the trends that you see in the market? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent question. Um, I think there are a few trends I have been seeing. Uh, the first trend, and also it's the similar uh, pattern from before, is PLG and SLG, product-led and sales-led. It's not a choice that you have to pick one. Like more and more startups and companies I'm working with, whether it's earlier stage or it's a little bit like uh, scaled up, series A, B, um, especially the scaled up, they are leveraging both. And uh, obviously for any of them, maybe one of the motion is more predominant, like sales is the predominant revenue generator, but they all realize that PLG is a strong foundation to uh, broader the reach, acquire free users um, to become the pipeline for the leads. Uh, and PLG also forced them to really focus on user experience, um, data foundation and all of that. That's a solid foundation, even if uh, sales motion is the pre- predominant channel for them. So I think that's one. That's two. We have to talk about chat GPT and AI, right? There are so many AI kind of uh, assisted product or AI native products coming up. For many of them, PLG is a very, uh, very natural kind of uh, go to market motion because they are so unique, right? They bring something that's so valuable, so different. And that itself become a very strong force of uh, converting. But this AI products will face similar challenges other PLG products need to face, right? How do you um, connect the dots? How do you turn individual use case into a team use case? How do you then connect all the usage data, all the users to potentially make that enterprise sale? So a lot has changed, but the foundations actually are pretty similar. Uh, That's interesting. So uh, are you saying that uh, there will be more and more early stage companies who are starting with PLG first approach rather than, you know, SLG first approach. Uh, sure enough, they will add one or the other as a layer on top. Uh, but what are you, what do you, looks like you're seeing the trend that there's a lot more early stage companies adding PLG. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah. And also it's, it it can be either PLG native, meaning they start with PLG for some products, like some AI products, it really targeting consumer or some other products with really strong um, kind of individual use case. That's a great approach. But even for companies with sales motion as their primary revenue generating motion, um, they are adding PLG as well as a strong foundation to generate leads, to broaden the market share, to um, really focus them on user experience and data infrastructure. Uh, that's great. So I think that's a good segue into maybe let's peel the uh, layers into maybe two buckets. Uh, the first is, you know, go do's for early stage startups. You know, what should they, how should they think about it? What tooling they should have? Mm-hmm. What competition that they have? And we do the same thing for slightly bigger companies. Mm-hmm. who have gone past that particular stage. So let's start with the early stage companies. Uh, maybe here's a broader question. 
uh, you use the words PLG native, right? And you also use, you know, someone who's trying to be, become PLG first, and they are adding some bells and whistles to get to the baseline of the PLG. Maybe that's what I'm referring as the PLG first. Mm-hmm. Would you say that should a startup wait until they have achieved PMF uh, to start thinking about PLG or implementing PLG within their product? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think in general, um, they should wait until they have PMF to think about how to drive growth in a larger scale. However, PLG is not just kind of larger scale growth. It's almost like built in to the product, right? Built into the organizational structure and workflow a little bit. So what I'm saying in the the companies I advise or startups I collaborate is that you definitely need to have the product built. You don't want to like start from scratch. There's not even a, a kind of prototype or workable product. Um, you begin to think about PLG. That's a little bit jumping too ahead. But you also don't necessarily need to wait until you have perfect numbers and perfect PMF to think about PLG. Because a lot of times the road to PMF is also iterative and you need data. You need some user. You need some feedback mechanism to help you think about it. A lot of the components uh, of PLG is actually essential. Like we are talking about um, like tooling, right? A lot of the tool you need for PLG actually are very similar to, for the tool you need for measuring PMF or iterating towards PMF uh, from a data and an infrastructure perspective. This is very interesting insight, Hila. I think, you know, almost a year back, uh, there was a lot of conversations, at least a uh, lot of buzz around in the market that uh, PLG should be started only after you have hit PMF, right? And that's where, you know, you know, pretty much LinkedIn and all of the conversations where uh, you should think about PLG as a growth motion and not necessarily a product motion. What you are saying is the exact opposite of that, is that it should be built natively inside the product and not necessarily considered as a growth motion only at the growth stages of the company, but that's part and parcel of the DNA of the product, part and parcel of the DNA of the company. Now, that's very different. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, I think the, um, the, the, the important difference I want to highlight there is that obviously PMF is critical. Before hitting PMF, you shouldn't be thinking about like, really focus on growth or spending yeah. money to get acquired users or kind of right. um, the, the focus should be PMF. But what I'm observing in reality, right, a lot of companies I work with, they are on the way to PMF. They have some strong early signal, but maybe let's say from a data perspective, their retention rate is not uh, as high as the best in class benchmark, mm-hmm. right? In this case, they still need to work towards the the strongest PMF, but um, they need to think about what are the ways to get there. Actually, a lot of the uh, foundational uh, components of PLG, right, thinking about establish a strong data infrastructure so that you can measure retention even, right? And then how do you improve uh, the core product feature, or how do you improve the onboarding? How, how do you improve a lot of those things to improve retention, to really make sure you are hitting the strongest PMF possible? 
again, that's very similar methodology. So you are not necessarily working on growth, but you are working on similar components that the PLG Foundation can help address. And it's it's kind of the um, basically there is an overlapping period of time that probably the same infrastructure, the same methodology can help with both. Okay, so should we call that as, hey, these are the PLG foundations for you to start thinking about measuring growth, analyzing growth, and you know, it's, it's essentially the uh, the underlying infrastructure, not necessarily the user interface, you know, definitions of, hey, this is how you onboard and all of that, but mm-hmm. how do you measure that? I think that's a that's a good clarification, Hila. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe let me jump to the next question. Let's say these startups have decided to go the PLG route. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're starting to build this backend infrastructure. What would you recommend as a good enough infrastructure for them to start thinking at this stage? You know, remember this is the early stage startups. They are just about you know in the ballpark of the PMF. Yeah. Uh, they may or may not have achieved that PMF, but that's where they're investing in this infrastructure. What would yeah, you recommend yeah. that stage? Yeah, definitely. I think for um, for B two B SaaS products. Mm-hmm. I, um, especially from the, uh, the, 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 I have a, a kind of a half dozen clients who are in that stage. They are like, um, pre-series A or seed kind of in that stage. The, the tooling I often see them have and I often help them set up, right? They usually already have some sort of CRM, right? It's important for any B2B SaaS company to have either Salesforce, HubSpot, things like that in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they may have some sort of like um, leads generation kind of product or, or maybe it's not even a product because some of those products are very expensive. Um, so they, they may just use like LinkedIn search to really figure out some of the potential um, leads or enrich their data. So this is more kind of this. This is B2B SaaS. They they know there are certain big company they can potentially go after or their founder have some connection in this industry. So all of those are more a little bit more on the sales kind of motion side. But then on the PLG side, many of them are um, maybe when they begin getting started, they don't have a product analytics tool or they use they are using Google Analytics, something that's it's OK, but it really doesn't give them user level data or behavior analytics. So I would recommend them to start by having something like Amplitude. Uh, Post hoc is an, another popular option right now because they're open source. They also have very generous kind of uh, startup plan. And uh, so that's something really critical because that required them not only to implement the tooling, but also begin to collecting the behavior implement some tracking and that that can help them visualize how their users are using their product. Remember, a lot of B2B SaaS company, they are focused on how I'm selling this product. They're not paying enough attention to how my users are using, which is really the key to PLG, right? So that that is usually a gap. Another uh, potential tool that's, I would say it's has higher ROI at this stage because remember you don't have a lot of money. You really are trying to have the MVP tool set. Um, is some sort of a customer engagement email marketing tool if you really don't even have that, right? Because now with that you can begin to 
uh, address some of the problems. You can communicate, uh, prompt your users to take cer certain actions if you have even MailChimp or customer.io, things like that. I would say those are the essentials, like a CRM uh, plus some sorts of leads research tool if you're more on the sales motion, and then product analytics and email marketing. Got it. So that's uh, that's a good uh, you know, subset. Are there tools that are available in the market for bottom-up CRM, meaning I think you mentioned like Salesforce and HubSpot. Mm -hmm. uh, traditionally, they were designed for the sales-led era. Yep. Right? Um, yep. But if they are doing the bottom-up, PLG-based you know, CRM, are there any tools which are available for bottom-up, meaning uh, users are signing up to the product, finding out who these users are, yep. which are. So do you recommend, is that part and parcel of your uh, the customer engagement platform bucket that you mentioned, or is that something different? Yeah, definitely. I think there are there is a new generation of CRM, like we can call it uh, PLG CRM or product led sales tools. Um, I I have uh, like have seen some of my customers using, for example, Pocos or Topplay, Endgame, okay. Pace. There are a bunch of them. Um, I think they. The, the the nice thing about it is it really allow you to connect the individual user usage with the uh, account, right? A CRM type of data infrastructure so that it allow you to make that connection and uh, um, qualify the leads, prioritize the leads based on not only the traditional company data, third-party data, but also the uh, usage data. So if you are a product, uh, let growth native company, right? Um, that can be a potential choice as well. But those are all newer. Um, so like uh, some of sometimes companies by default, they think about I need to have Salesforce if I'm a B2B SaaS, right? I don't, they don't yeah. think about those type of tools as their initial tool stack. That's, that's, that's a good thing. So, um, uh, those are maybe five buckets. And by the way, to all the listeners, we will make these notes and uh, keep that in the show notes in the podcast. I'll find on Substack as well. Uh, so maybe Hila, coming back to these, let's say they are building the PLG infrastructure. They're using all the PLG stack that you mentioned. What's the spend that they should think at that stage? Mm -hmm. uh, they, they should do on these tools and maybe a little more correlative, not so much on the spend itself, but the team composition, who from their organization should start looking at all of these things. Mm -hmm. But these are very newer set of tools. Yeah. And traditionally, these tools were not available for a B2B SaaS companies, at least in the last maybe two years or three years time. Yeah. There's been a lot of you know, eminence in this particular space. So with that emergence coming in, who from that organization would you think is uh, or responsible to build all of this in, make sure that everything is done well, yeah. all the stack and the components are, are, are ready? Yeah. I think it really should start from the CEO and the, the leadership team, right? Because for the most part, PLG is a strategic choice of growth motion. It's not just like a tool or just kind of multiple tools. So the, the CEO, the founder need to have some hypothesis and deep thinking in terms of how, like, what should be my primary growth motion? Is it sales or PLG? Um, and uh, 
what are the why, right? Why, why at this moment I should be focusing on that? Typically, I saw that um, for some some companies or B two B SaaS product, they really their product really have a um, company use case. There's no one individual user or developer or designer need to use that product, right? If you are selling a time tracking software for 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 kind of employer. If you're sa- selling a lot of times interestingly uh, experimentation platform. Like a lot of those products really only company will buy it. No no individual user has interest or ability to use anything like this. So those in those cases sells a better like fit, at least initially, right? I don't want to ever say that everyone should be PLG. That's not the case at all. But then there are other cases, let's say if you are building a product that's um, like a next generation of uh, note taking, right? Or, or something, it has this company use case eventually, but it can really start as a consumer individual use case product. PLG is a much greater fit. And then if you decide that, you need to be very strategic about what are my tool set? Are, are, should I allocate more on the sales kind of infrastructure or should I allocate more on the uh, PLG infrastructure? Um, the ones we just talked about are absolutely essential if you are more on the PLG side. Um, and the other interesting I'm observing is that there are some companies, they are having, they have a company use case, meaning no individual is ever going to buy their product, but they're leveraging PLG. They're le- leveraging a trial and a very nice onboarding and kind of all those great components um, to be an opportunity for them to stand out from the competitor. Because competitors, you can never get into their product. You have to have 10 sales calls to even see a demo. For them, they really remove those barriers with, with PLG, uh, and this become a very nice lead generation source for them. So that's another possibility as well, even though you don't have that individual use case. Um, I think the so so I think the first question to ask is which is my strategic growth motion and then that will decide your two stack selection. And in terms of teams, um, as I mentioned, CEO and founder usually is leading all of those efforts. In reality, um, PLG is so new. I definitely see it's kind of being uh, led by different teams. Sometimes it's uh, head of marketing even because there are no growth team in the company and marketing is the closest to go to market, right? They work with sales and they now work with engineer and product to make some of the PLG motion work. Um, more typical kind of more standard setup is if you have a, a head of growth or, or growth product lead, growth product manager who is leading the day-to-day efforts. Um, and I have definitely also worked with chief sales officer because they are trying to manage in both the sales motion and the self-serve motion. So they have, uh, they want to have both in their kind of go-to-market motion. So the chief sales officer becomes the sponsor of all the PLG efforts. So I would say it definitely depends. It can be very different for different companies. Yeah, I mean, um, for for the listeners, you know, hopefully now you understand. PLG is so new in this particular space that they may not necessarily be a 
good recommendation on what the what should be your org structure at least at this particular stages you know sure enough there's a lot more articles on once you have scaled up you know then hey you have growth head of growth you know you have head of sales head of marketing pmm there's a lot more things that's now available once you have scaled up but once you're a little early stages uh founders ctos you know your leadership team you'll have to drive that right so that's maybe that's the you know uh, and hila you you said it so nicely uh and you have made it very very clear you know for our listeners on what should be the job description of <laughs> of a, of a leader at this particular stage uh so um you know moving on to the next bucket mm-hmm. uh let's say now these startups they have the plg first dna within them the product is you know self serviceable um they now have built the baseline infrastructure to understand who these users are which accounts they belong to uh you know and have some notions of trial management and all of that what should happen when they start scaling up mm-hmm. you know um which means that they have now achieved a baseline go to market they're starting to getting popular mm-hmm. people are signing up to them market understands them a little more mm-hmm. so there's more traffic coming to their websites somebody's constantly coming and clicking up the sign up button so the sign ups the acquisition rates are starting to increase at these stages what would you recommend yeah uh, you know maybe the t- the tooling the team team composition uh and maybe you know some changes to the dna as well yeah yeah definitely i think in terms of tooling i think there are three layers that probably is a helpful uh picture people can keep in mind the first layer is the foundational layer it's usually um kind of the data layer because as you become bigger you have all sorts of tooling you have different sources of data so it's important you have your own data warehouse and you connect and collect all the data sources stored in a central location it's also important usually at this stage companies begin to have a cdp customer data platform so that you can aggregate all the different sources whether it's like um this is a uh, account right and and there are users under this account they are using certain features and i'm sending email to certain users from marketing team and then the sales is having a call with someone on this account like all those data in different tooling should be centralized through a cdp so that you have this clear view i think there's a new concept i recently learned called customer journey orchestration so you you need this foundation to even do that right and then in reality some of the companies they need some sort of etl or reverse etl too like uh, yeah. reverse etl basically is there because now you have this challenge of you want to collect all those different data sources into the central location and then yeah. send them back to those two to power certain smart action right for example i want to say um for users who um uh, using this feature i need to get that data from amplitude or other tool into my central location but then i also want to use that data to create a segment of users because i want to send them an email to tell them to use another feature that's even better so all of those require a lot of the data kind of pipeline data source cdp in the foundational layer so that's the first layer and then on top of that there is the essential layer which is very similar to stage 1 we talk about when you are smaller 
you need you still need a CRM. You need a maybe or or a PLG CRM, like depending which type of company or which type of motion is the main motion. You need an analytics tool. Again, Amplitude, PostHub, Mixpanel, there are many of them. Uh, customer engagement platform. Now this is the time sometimes company move away from the more simpler email marketing tool like MailChimp. They begin to look at more sophisticated tools uh, like a Braze or something like that okay. because they want to do more yeah. right sophisticated. I want to uh, do some triggered messaging. I want to mu- uh, plan email push notification in-app all together in the flow for certain segments. So it's becoming a little bit more complicated. And then now is also the time companies are adding A-B testing platform, uh, experimentation platform, because it it is actually expensive. So I I usually don't see early stage startup, they they do that. They, They usually just use their own engineer time to code experiments or they do really major uh, changes at that stage. At this stage, like introducing a third-party A/B testing platform, make more sense. You can afford it a little bit more. So this is the essential layer. Um, so we talk about foundational layer, essential layer. The last layer is the uh, specialized tools across customer journey. And um, if you think about acquisition, uh, activation, retention, expansion, maybe monetization, there are a lot of different tools in different stage. Um, just using acquisition as an example, right? Um, if you have, let's say, if you are, you have a um, kind of, a, um, depending on your, your marketing channel, kind of your m- main motion, let's say if you have a sales motion, you want to encourage people to book a demo on your website. That's actually a very common call to action in addition to sign up for free, right? So even you, if you, you have a PLG motion, uh, maybe you, you allow people to sign up free to try out your product. A lot of companies also have a book a demo or contact sales call to action alongside a visit because there are larger customers. They, they want to see how it works in reality. Even that book a demo flow, there are many specialized tools to make it better. For example, there are the real-time data enrichment. At that moment, if you um, kind of enter certain information, they can immediately match you in their data warehouse, in their database, and you don't need to uh, fill in everything. Right? There is the online scheduler um, tools, like think about Calendarly. There are other ones allow you to book a time with sales team at that moment in real time. And there are some other specialized tools. So all of those specialized tools are there to shorten the time from a visitor to a lead to a sales conversation. That's just one type of specialized tools in acquisition. There are also other, like if you are focusing on ABM, you you are doing a lot of account-based marketing, there are certain tools. If you focus on inbound or SEO, there are also different tools. So even on acquisition, there are a lot of specialized tools. And now it's also the stage companies have little bit budget and the budget is owned by a different team. Like marketing team can decide, I really need to implement a chat uh, on my website, right? I really need something like a CMS or dynamic uh, website building like Webflow so that I can quickly do sorts of things. So that become a little bit decentralized 
uh, and each team can own their own own budget. Uh, so moving on from acquisition, if we are at activation or expansion, now people are using your product. How do you make sure they are successfully onboarded? They use the right feature. You can monitor their usage data and all of that. A lot of uh, popular tools here are the user onboarding tools. Like um, there are the old generation app queues or user flow. There are all there are also even AI kind of supported tools in in this category now. Really, it will allow you to design a kind of user flow, add some tutorial, give some tooltip and some guidance automatically without involving engineering to build this. Like basically a growth product manager or even marketing person can do this without um, involving continued engineer support. So that's really in this activation category or expansion category. And there are other tools like a support software, chat software fall, fall here. The marketing automation engagement fall in here as well. And lastly, if you are thinking about the conversion monetization, again, there are a lot of a lot of specialized tools. Uh, payment solution is a very common one. When I work with my advisory clients, many of them begin when we begin to audit the the payment success. It actually usually has some room for improvement. Maybe it's because the countries their audience is from doesn't match the payment solutions strengths. Right? Certain payment solutions are stronger yeah, in certain areas. So like. There are a lot of, again, specialized tools in the monetization conversion phase as well. So now when you are a little bit scaled up, this is the time you begin to look at those specialized tools um, to maximize the entire PLG funnel or even the sales funnel. Okay. Um, I think to all the listeners, you know, you've probably heard a plethora of tools. We'll do our due diligence. We'll work with Hila offline as well and uh, create a maybe a table or a table or Google Docs and put all of these things there. I think we'll need your help as well. Now, there's, uh, I think what Hila, you mentioned, and you you did it so nicely. There are three buckets. I'm, I'm trying to reduce it in my head mm-hmm. you know, so that we can bring that. The first one is the foundational one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and there are buckets that we talked we talked about, the baseline analytics, the baseline CRM tools like that. The essential buckets, you know, that's where you have the baseline CDPs, uh, you know, start understanding who your customers are, connecting them to like reverse ETL or what what might be. The third bucket is I'm referring as the experimentation, which is you're now going beyond your basics, you know, where you're actually putting motions towards both your PLG and your SLG motions to be active, right? Hybrid growth. And each of these have specialized tool sets for that, right? So we talked about email campaigns, book a demo, you know, for if it's CLGs is slightly different, if it's SLG is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll make we'll make that Google sheet, if you will, to to bring that to the fore. Uh, so at this time, so maybe Hila, uh, and we will be out of time. Uh, at this stage, when this when the company is now starting to scale, do you see that this is the stage when they ha- actually have a growth team or is it much before that? Even in the early stages, they have the early formations of the growth team. Yeah, I think the early stage, probably uh, you begin to have the formation of the early growth team, but it's almost like may not be a dedicated team yet. For example, the head of marketing is acting as the head of growth at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Or 
um, there is maybe a product manager who is also doing growth product manager work. Some of them, if PL, they're PLG native, if PLG is such an important growth motion, they may hire a dedicated head of growth or growth PM at that stage. But it's, again, a small team. This, this person may not have dedicated engineer, analyst. He's, bought, he's sharing the resources with the broader product team. He's borrowing resources to do stuff. So that's usually what I see in early stage. At this stage, a little bit scaled up, um, I usually see that they're, they're begin to form a dedicated team or at least a dedicated person. And this person is beginning to get some dedicated resources, like uh, a head of growth, maybe has two full stack engineer, has a data analyst dedicated. He may be still borrowing designer or have a half of designer assigned to he or her work. Um, so that's becoming more common. And then when the company's PLG motion is even more mature, when they're even more bigger, you need to think about the concept of PLG org because PLG by nature is very mm. collaborative. It's not just within product or growth. You have to work with marketing team, right? Because you, you need marketing team to bring you the visitors, the right type of visitors so that you can activate them. And so a lot of times the growth marketing team is a very strong partner to the growth product team. And then if you also have the sales motion, a lot of bigger B2B, they have both, right? Ultimately, they, 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 they are not choosing one or other. They are, they, they are, they want both. You need to think about who is the right collaborator in the sales team. Usually I see this is someone maybe specialized on online sales or SMB sales. There are, are inherent kind of alignment with the PLG funnel, with the head of growth, head of growth marketing. So you need to think about that PLG organization as well. Uh, that's a great sort of insights. Um, I know, uh, Hila, this is one of the longest running recorded podcasts that we've had. Uh, we've done Sorry for 20, running out of 20, like 20 long. There. There's so much to unpack. It's always a pleasure to, you know, to learn from you and to all the listeners. Uh, you know, thank you so much for the patience. We will bring out some of the Google Docs and the Airtable conversations in the Substack. Uh, if you have enjoyed today's conversations, please do consider leaving a review in the comment, either on the podcast platform of your choice or on Substack, and your feedback is always welcome. You can stay tuned for more insights, more guests, more demos. Until next time, keep driving. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Hila.